Welcome gamers to this week's episode of Last Call Gaming, one episode number 170. Today is June 15th. My name is Craig Perales. Joining me, Mandrew Montmayer. And I uh, just want to say we were off from the last week only because we were kind of saving up because we knew the whole Summer Game Fest. Um, what was the other one called? Was Jeff Keighley Summer of Games, IGN's Game Fest, and then, and then the couple Microsoft, other Starfield, Ubisoft, Capcom. So it was a whole big thing. We decided to just kind of put it to the end of this week, and we can kind of recap as we do. And I do want to give a shout out because the other day was DeAndre's birthday, so we did hung out and had some fun. So happy birthday to DeAndre! But since I haven't seen you in a week, how have you been, sir? Good. I did text DeAndre on her birthday, oh, did too. You? Okay. Yeah, I was like, happy birthday, dork. <laughs> yeah, dork. So, uh, that was for the delay, guys. Again, pol- apologies, and thanks for your patience. So, if you guys are watching us on YouTube, make sure you guys like, comment, subscribe, share, and hit that notification bell. If you guys are interested in following us on any of our social media, our Linktree link is in the description of the YouTube video. And if you guys are listening to the audio-only version of this podcast, you can find it on your podcast platform of choice. We're on all the good ones and on all the hits. Yeah, Beautiful smile you got there. So, guys, uh, normally we do our way up to where Andrew and I take a second to talk about what we've been playing, what we've been watching. However, since Andrew and I just recently beat the same game, we're just going to kind of talk about that and give it coverage. And that game is uh, Diablo 4, which. Little just, indie game you might have heard of. Uh, just a small little game that came out on June 5th of 2023. It was announced at BlizzCon uh, as far back as uh, 2019. Early access was, was as early as June 1st if you bought the deluxe edition and then the beta started as far back as march so uh we just beat it i did want to give a shout out because it was a game that i think we all played with a couple of different people so big shout out to gino to brian uh che i know you were playing with collins and cn and then we had another buddy venom that was popping on there and then my biggest shout out is to daniel who i think i played the most with of that game who did you play the most with um probably Gino, I think me and Gino like really play with Gino and that random Venom dude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, we Gino has this friend on there that was like ten levels higher than us, and dude, he was just running us through bosses. So it was a lot of fun. Um, so let me start. I will just start saying, how did you like the experience? I know you're not the biggest Diablo guy. I don't think you, I. I know we've talked about it before, but my memory gets hazy. Did you ever play one and two, or what, did you just do three and now four with us? I just did three, and Gino ran me through that, and I like kind of barely remember it. But overall, I had a really good experience. It was really fun to play with. I didn't have any issues like anybody else did getting into the game or anything. So I we got the deluxe uh, digital whatever edition. So I was able to play it early. So me and Gene Bean got in and we're just kind of messing around for like a bit trying to figure things out. And I really liked it a lot. Again, I'm not the kind of guy though that as far as other games go, there are some that I will go the extra mile and I'll put hundreds and you know Warzone I'm addicted to. This is a game for me. I'm just going to do the story. And maybe DLC if they had like achievements or stuff for it. But other than that, I'm done. I'm. Yeah, there's a. It was a good game, and I would say it definitely picks up in the later acts than it did in the beginning. The first ones, I feel for sure, were kind of a little slowish. I wish the horse was acquired sooner than it was. I know a lot of people like I had issues that if you, so Andrew and I game share, and if you bought the digital edition, it gives you the early access, but it only gave access to the primary account that bought it. And this time around, Andrew was the one that ended up purchasing it. So I know that was a lot of. Big confusement for people. There was a couple of like hacks and tricks that you could do. I mean, with all being said, it wasn't that big of a deal. It's just kind of unfortunate when you think you're going to be able to play it for five extra days and don't. But I got to say, so I don't, I don't know if we've said this before. Um, I would play the Druid, 
Um, Gino was playing the necromancer. You played the rogue? Yeah, I went with the so rogue. So how'd you like that character and the abilities and all that? Actually, I really liked it. This character, I don't think, was in the beta. I forgot. What, oh, in the beta, I was like a, the sorcerer or whatever. Yeah. So I actually really like this because this is the kind of person that you could be far away doing damage, but then you can get up close and it's like built to get in, do your abilities, do all your strong stuff, and then kind of get out was the way mine was built. And so I'm constantly doing damage. Like, it felt really good to use. It was actually my favorite. I liked it a lot more than the Sorcerer. Not yeah, because in the original, in the beta, I remember playing the Barbarian, which I loved, because the Druid wasn't available then. But um, I like to follow... Gino sends me these guides from Icy Vein, if any of you guys are familiar with that. And it tells you kind of how to level up your guy from 1 to 35. And then once you pass that, 1 to the end game. And then, then there's a whole build for the end game. Because originally, I was playing a version that was kind of going back between the bear in the werewolf form, but then I started, I, when I started following the guide, I started doing um, the Storm Druid, which I just had a ton of fun in, but I do want to say, was there any changes in this game you think you would do? Because I know one of the complaints I was seeing is that a lot of people were going, I wish you just would have started with a class that's never been seen before, or like, why is it always the same guys and then the good stuff comes later? I'm, I'm wondering if it, maybe it would have been a more... Um, fan joyous if they would have started off with like a blood knight or something like that instead of just your the, the same barbarian the same druid the same rogue uh for me it's different because again i haven't played these so for me it was fine i didn't really have a problem so it's not like i've been in these people and i don't really remember the other one i could see that as a valid concern i think my biggest gripe again i had a great time and the only thing i'd really change is like going through all that trouble and doing the campaign i think gets you like 15 points if you're a gamer score kind of person which we are yeah then like man why is there not one for doing chapter one two three four you know just do yeah, basic stuff like that, that. Yeah. and i'm just like that's the only kind of thing that i'm just like that's dumb yeah beat this monster in x dungeon and um i do plan on playing more of it i know that because there is enough of us that i think we can do a lot of the end game run i know chet i know collins and them are still and gino clearly are still working on that so it is something i think i still will put time in but like you once i beat the game i'm kind of done because i'm going you know the next thing around the corner for me is final fantasy 16 so it's like i can't be splitting up that kind of time but uh I don't know. I thought the storyline was really good. Like I said, I think it gets very interesting in the later half of the game. The first half, I think, is kind of sluggish. But um, I mean, I'm, I, are you definitely in line to play Diablo Five when, if and whenever that comes out? Yeah, for sure. I had a really good time with this, and I really enjoyed uh, Lilith as villain. I thought she was super dope. Yeah, Lilith was actually a very cool, character. especially some of those like later cutscenes between like her and Anarius and stuff like that were like so badass. So I did want to just point this out before we move into our main topic, and this is just kind of these things of note that. Um, Diablo hit some really big sales, and this comes to us from, uh, this is from the Activision site, and it says, Diablo 4 crosses 600, you like how they do 666 yeah, million sell-through within five days of launch, setting a new Blizzard all-time record. And then it goes on to show these kind of stats of what's happened since people have been playing, and it's 276 billion demons killed since early access, nearly 35 times the global population. Players have been vanquished over 316 million times. Over 5 million of those vanquishings were at the hands of the Butcher. I know I got my ass beat twice by him. Tim run into him once. <laughs> but they're not falling alone. Players have created a party with friends of over 166 million times. 163 players have made it to the maximum level in hardcore mode where the deaths are permanent. So you got to be impressed by that because generally speaking, a big AAA game, you know, roughly can get a, a budget of around 100 million, maybe a little more higher than that. So 666 million in five days is, and it's their all-time record, Instantly makes its money back. It's instantly in the go. They, you know, their feet are up and running. So, um, congratulations to them. I, I can't say that I'm surprised. I just wasn't sure, maybe in my head, what number I thought they were gonna make, especially within five days. But I mean, 
Nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, I know. This game for sure was going to be a juggernaut, and it's. I think it's going to be in like uh, a lot of people's game of the year contenders. Yeah, I can see that. So, is there anything else you want to say about Diablo before we move on? Not a good time. If it's something you're on the fence on, definitely get in there, especially if you can with some friends. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a ton of fun, and hopefully I can get to that 100-point Lilith achievement. But you were saying you watched somebody get their ass beat in, like, one hit, so... Well, yeah, it was, like, two seconds. I'm like, oh, well, that's... Oh, like- and the other thing I wanted to point out is if you guys weren't familiar with it, there was um, that loot cave that you can do. It was kind of like Destiny back in the day, where there was a certain spot in the game that you can run, and it'll drop a high volume of legendary items... And from, I think, I sent it to one of the, somebody in the group, and I was like, I think they're patching that up already. I'm like, that sucks. Like, that thing was, like, just figured out. I think it's, it was running around for, like, less than a week, and they're already fucking boxing that up. So, uh, if you didn't get to it, try to do it before it's gone. Uh, so, with that being said, guys, let's move into our main topic, which is um, this whole week was just full of games and new trailers and different showcases. Of course, this is coming off the heels of the PlayStation showcase that, for a lot of people, it was a hit or miss. I think, generally, you and I both... Liked it, so... It was okay. Yeah, moving into this one, there was a bunch of different things. Now, what Andrew and I aren't going to do is... Because each of these showcases, we could do an episode about. We could spend... Because each of these things were about an hour and a half and up. So, we're not going to spend a a ton of time on each individual showcase. The one we will focus on for the main portion of the show is going to be the Xbox showcase. And then we'll highlight a couple of the games that we liked. And then, at the end, we'll talk about um, Starfield and a couple other trailers that caught our eye. But... Uh, before we jump into that, Andrew, I just want to say overall, how did you like the showcases over, I mean, over spread out over the whole week? Is this kind of the new way we're looking at it? Um, was, I know you were saying you didn't care for like the Ubisoft and Capcom ones compared to like the Xbox one, but I mean, overall a solid week of good games and good trailers. Yeah, no, it was definitely good. It, it definitely shows, especially after this, we don't need E3. What do you need E3 for? Everyone else did whatever on their own and it was perfectly fine. So I thought it was really good. Um, yeah, the Ubisoft one, I didn't really care for. They had, obviously, the two big games, that, you know, Assassin's Creed, and we'll talk about the other one later. And then the Capcom one, I just don't feel like really had that, like, big moment. But I think that's also because maybe they don't want to take attention away from Resident Evil 4, because Resident Evil 4 did just launch, so they're kind of, you know, trying to do whatever they can for the tale of that. I was actually really surprised, because I thought they would, this would be the time they would announce maybe, like, um... For free, because what didn't launch with Resident Evil 4 that's on the original one is uh, the separate ways where he plays Ada and kind of what she's doing a little bit while Leon's also traversing the island. So I thought for sure that was going to be an announcement here coming for like free as an update. This would have been the perfect time for that. Or maybe just a teaser into even just a little blurb saying we're working on Code Veronica next or something like that. Other than that, it was all stuff we've known about, a couple delays on things, but I don't think either of the other two, at least Capcom. I think kept theirs kind of short. I don't remember it being very long. Do you think PlayStation should have been somewhere in that week? Or did, was it a smart idea that they were a week before? Or do you think it would have... I it mean, like, I was almost thinking that it should have just been... Because it was almost every day there was something going on. I think there was two days it wasn't. I think it would have fit. Again, I don't think it's a big difference. But, I mean, if everyone's watching these things back to back to back, I think... I don't want to say more or less eyes would have been on it. But I just think it would have fit better in that pocket versus a whole week on a standalone. I think it worked out better for them because a lot of people, we didn't get a chance to talk about this, were unhappy with it because it didn't have a lot of first-party titles. A lot of the stuff was third-party and not, like, a whole lot of release dates. So a lot of people were giving it, like, fives, fours, saying it's, like, the worst PlayStation event, that it was almost more like um, uh, like a state like of a state play. Of play yeah. Like a state of play versus a PlayStation event. So I think it worked more to the benefit that maybe, okay, we put this out there and people were a little disappointed with it than... Everyone is positive on Xbox 
or a lot of people are giving it 10s on the Xbox from what I could see counting the Starfield Direct as one. And then if PlayStation came after that, I think that would have been a lot worse than mm. them, you know, because that would have been like, right. man, one, especially one, coming yeah, out. all exclusives, the other one's all mostly third party. Coming after how good that one was and this is what you're putting out, whatever, versus I don't want to say got the bad news out of the way because I thought the event was fine, so... Yeah, and I did want to point out, um, we have our friends over at the Brothers Take, and they they do a whole recap of the whole week's event, too. So if you guys are looking for maybe more in-depth stuff uh, with particular showcases, definitely go and check them out. And the reason I bring it up, because they were saying something, I think it was in the first, um, in Jeff Keighley's original thing on Monday, that how the Spider-Man finally got a, a release date. It's on October 20th, and that was one of the big things. People were like, well, why didn't you show that at Sony Showcase? Right. Why were you saving this for a Jeff Keighley announcement, which was fun. Hey, stay after my birthday if anyone wants to grab me anything. But one of the things that I liked that I think Chris was the one saying it, was uh, when he's talking to uh, one of the developers, I forget who it was, they were saying how Venom's not going to be Eddie Brock, he's not going to be Matt Gargan, and they're like kind of speculating of what it could be. And I believe Chris was saying, what if it ends up being Craven? And he ends up getting the symbiote, and that's why he's, you know, because he can't beat Spider-Man. So, I don't know, inter- that was an interesting thought. I didn't really think about that, but any thoughts on who Venom might be? I wonder if they're maybe just a new, like, an all-new character or something like that. I I mean, Venom could really take over anybody. It doesn't have to be. Any Brock is a little more, I'd say, generic than Spider-Man. I mean, what, what thoughts on Craven being... Oh, uh, being for suit? that? I don't know if... Far-fetched I'd, theory? I... He could, if you're, if we're talking, could that happen? I could see that being like pretty possible, but I also kind of don't really like the idea of that because he's kind of already doing his like own thing. I don't know who I'd really see it go to if it had to go to like a villain or someone we already know or something like that. Give me a second to think, and maybe I'll yeah, yeah, take your time. I, I was watching them earlier, and I, I was like, oh, that's a really interesting idea. I didn't think about that. So, uh, with that being said, guys, let's move into um, the Xbox showcase, and I want to start with this, and this comes from the Xbox.com website. It's saying. Uh, During the Xbox Showcase, we shared 27 games, 21 of which will be available for Xbox Game Pass and or PC Game Pass. After that, the Starfield Direct shot for the stars to offer you unprecedented access to Bethesda Game Studios' first new universe in over 25 years. I'm going to keep going. I'll I'll do the whole thing. Starting at the end, we shut off the biggest chunk of Starfield gameplay uh, yet seen as part of their Starfield Direct. Ahead of its September 6th launch, Bethesda Game Studios' Starfield game director Todd Howard and his team provided a deep dive on character customization, exploration, ships, and much more. And later on, we'll, we'll get into more of that. From our own Xbox Studios, we revealed new projects built for Xbox from Compulsion and, and in Exile in the form of South of Midnight and Clockwork Revolution provided exciting updates on the likes of Fable and the future of the Microsoft Flight Simulator franchise. Again, Andrew and I are talking off screen. Not a game I'm, I normally would play, but awesome what they showed of. Yeah, no, that simulator. was actually really cool. And I know that it's not for me, mm-hmm. especially too when it was doing all the flying stuff. And that's like, and plus a hot air balloon director. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> that, yeah, that was funny. It goes on to say, uh, we even unearthed a treasure no one could have seen coming with Sea of Thieves, The Legend of Monkey Island. That one really caught my eye. Oh, man. I'll Since we're not going to talk about it, that one got me good. Because as soon as I was watching it, Christina's sitting there. And it's like, rare. I'm like, all right, cool. Something new from rare. And then it's like, and Lucasfilm, I'm like... Oh man, Rare's gonna do something Star Wars related. I'm so excited, something new, and then it's like Sea of Thieves. I'm like, God and damn then, it. And then they stole it from me. Then, oh man, they got me good. Uh, but it was a really cool idea that they're blending those two together. I love when things like that. Oh, they're a perfect together. fit. Yeah, it was very, it was very. I was telling the Andrew because I don't know if she knows Sea of Thieves, but she does know uh, Monkey Island, and she's like, "Is that Monkey Island?" I was like, "Yes, ma'am." It goes on to say, 
And from our partners around the world, we showed off a breadth of games coming to Xbox platforms. We had showstoppers like Star Wars Outlaws, which we'll get into, uh, Kunitsugami, Path of the Goddess, which we'll talk about as well, and Cyberpunk 2077, 2077 Phantom Liberty, unique and ambitious games from independent developers in the shape of Dungeons of Hintenburg and 33 Immortals, and continued our amazing relationship with RPG Masters Atlas, and they brought Metaphor, Refantasio, Persona 3 Reload, and Persona 5 Tactica. Everything in today's show will be playable on PC and on the world's most powerful and affordable consoles, Xbox Series X and S. Speaking of those consoles, we've heard your feedback on two fronts. We've been able to increase our supply on Xbox Series X globally, and we know you've wanted more storage with the Xbox Series S, so we have some t- uh, some news for you there. With the announcement of a, series, a Black Series S with one terabyte of storage. So that's kind of where I wanted to start it. Um, not too much, I don't want to dive too far into it, but the fact that they were able to show off a new console... Uh, the price point that they showed was $349, um, doing a beefy one terabyte of SSD in, an, in a Series S model. Um, I like, does that price make sense to you? Aren't a Series S is $150, so to jump up... $250. Oh, they're, no, they're $299. Okay, so I mean, not, not a bad price jump then, I guess, from $299 to $350. I know they're on sale right now for $250, so that does make a greater disparity. I saw some people kind of crapping on it online, saying it's too close to like the PS5 like base price and stuff for like a little bit more or whatever. But then you see a lot of people doing, um, like Destin Legary from IGN went and did like uh, one of those um, for the Starfield Direct saying, here's what's in a Series S console for this value versus here's the lo- here's how much you'll have to spend for the lowest specs in order to play Destiny and the lowest cost console or PC that you could build just to run it at like bare minimum was like over $800. Oh. I'm like, dude, that's massive bang for your buck, especially when you have something like that to put it in perspective. Yeah, that's actually good context. I like that a lot. So uh, new console, if any of you guys were on the fence or waiting, um, I don't know if I caught the release date for it. Was it already out? Do you remember that at all? You know, I don't remember seeing a release date for it. So I, 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 I if it's not out by the end of this year, I'm assuming it'll be probably in the 2024. So, um, with that done out of the way, guys, I kind of wanted to start off with their opening game. And this comes to us from IGN. It says, Xbox kicked off the show with our first proper look at Playground Games' upcoming Fable reboot. The It crowd's Richard Ayota played a starring role in the trailer as narrator, maintaining the cheeky humor the series is known for. We don't know when the game is coming out, but Xbox did confirm that it's coming to Game Pass on day one. So before we get into kind of the backlash, my general first thoughts were... You cannot tell me, because I don't mind if there's cinematic trailers. Generally speaking, if a game's coming out, you go cinematic, and then you do some gameplay, and then you get closer and closer to the release. Dude, we've been waiting for Fable for years now, and you're telling me that's the most you could show me was this? Now, with that being said, a lot of people were kind of giving it this backlash that the character female protagonist they were showing was kind of this be- did you read any of that was kind of this beat up looking girl and people were kind of upset oh. about it and i wasn't so much upset about that because if you're not understanding the joke of what fable is then you're missing the point you know that's feel property you're missing it all together the whole point is like this kind of medieval english broken accents and beat up looking people with you know yuck teeth but my point is chicken chaser you're just gonna sit there and chase chickens all day <laughs> yeah my my point was more Okay, is she a non-customizable protagonist? Because the other Fable games, that was kind of the cool concept. You build a character, you choose either if you want to go you know, Paragon or Renegade, and you, it's your journey. So my kind of biggest pro- uh, problem is, 
am I now playing in a very particular character? Not that she looked beat the shit out of because to me that was the most funny part. People compared her to the uh, bartender from Shrek, the ugly stepsister <laughs> that's like that guy. That's hilarious. So I don't know, what did you take away from this? Was that was it just enough to get us going? Do you think there should have been something more to the gameplay and the mechanics? And then overall, how'd you like the way I guess she looked? Um, you know what? Honestly, it didn't kind of bug me. I guess maybe I wasn't really paying attention to that because I'm not a big Fable fan. I really didn't play like one or... Just, how many is there? There's, two? There's three. One, three? two, and three. I didn't play... At, least in, the, at least in the main course. I think I played like a little bit of one, but I just... I don't think I was really into games like that at that time. That just watching this, I was like, oh man, you know what? I think I'm totally on board with this and I kind of get what it is and I like it. I think it is important to note. To, one, I do think they should... Especially with how long it's been. Even just two seconds of gameplay shows something that would have been fine, but uh, they did say at the start, or I don't know if it was at the start, or they tweeted beforehand that everything they showed wasn't just like CGI trailers or anything like that, that everything was all like in engine as how it should look, like if you're watching a cutscene or like that. So it's not just high res trailer, and then when it cuts to the game, it looks like crap. So, yeah. I mean, if, if that's how it's going to look, then I, I, I either way, I'm on board. I like the idea of it, but I do think that they should have showed something to go along with it. Even just 10 seconds of someone running around or something like that. Yeah, I, But I, I don't think it's going to, I don't think they would stray too far from, I get that they're reinventing the world, but I don't think they would be like, well, now it's just this one person in this funny world. I think you're going to be able to create your own person. Yeah, I would hope so, because it, to, in my mind, that is what Fable is. It was never following the hero's journey. But again, though, this is a reboot, not a continuation. You know what I mean? This isn't Fable 4. Right. This is Fable reboot. So if they want to go in that new direction, I completely get it. I would just hope not, because my whole concept is when you're playing these kind of fantasy RPGs, I like building a character. But um, I'm sure they know what they're doing, and I, I just I was mad. I'm like, just show me more, please. We've been waiting for this thing for over a decade, and I'm seeing this long cinematic trailer of this giant in an interview while this chick's running around. So I it don't was know. funny though. It, it was definitely funny, and, and again, that's at least the humor's still there, right? It's still in Hable or Hable. It's still Fable in 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 its in the main vein. So I did appreciate that. So um, I wanted to jump to your what was the game that caught your eye? So my first one, and you're gonna know, so we kind of I think we went a little different routes on these for what each person favored. You went far east, my man. <laughs> yeah, mine was Kunitsugami um, Path of the Goddess, and that was Capcom's game. It's an action game with Japanese aesthetics. It is running on the RE engine, so it was actually a beautiful looking game, and it's really like weird. You have this guy running around wearing this like weird outfit. And you're like, I don't know if you're fighting like demons or ghosts or what they're supposed to be. It almost kind of reminded me a little bit of um, Ghostwire Tokyo yeah. because he's like trying to shut like the gates like to I got, the afterlife. Yeah, I, got the, I got those vibes. So I thought that that was like really cool. So it seems almost like it's like a medieval maybe blending of like feudal Japan and maybe whatever their version of the afterlife is kind of clashing with Earth at that time or something. I don't know because then there's like a princess involved. Either way, it looked really cool and it looked... Um, I would say a little bit, I don't want to say as stylish as like Devil May Cry, but maybe like a lot more action heavy is something like that. So more combat like that than versus like a Dark Souls type game? Yeah, it definitely didn't look like a Dark Souls or uh, obviously not like a Resident Evil. Seemed like very fast paced action, like uh, like I said. Like, yeah, uh, I, everything I saw, it was dude, very colorful. Because when you were, when you wrote me that earlier, very vibrant. I was like, wait, I'm like, what what game is he talking about? Because I don't remember the name being called the, the Path of Goddess or whatever. And then I watched, when I, so I rewatched it again, I'm like, Oh yeah, this game. This game looked badass. I think Deandra walked in right when um, that thing's like stomach split open. Yeah, and they're walking in. I'm like, yeah, this thing's definitely gonna dive into like that fantasy, um, 
like a uh, paranormal kind of demon kind of stuff and everything I saw I'm like yeah sign me up and yeah very bright those pinks and all the flowers and all that stuff look very very vibrant so yeah definitely look up. did it have a release date at all uh that one didn't even have like a release window but I think I'm fine I, and that's the thing with some of these is a lot of these games did at least have a release window or a date that I'm fine with showing me something that's further down the pipeline too you know I'm okay with giving a light 2024 or maybe even beyond because i need to see what the future is too not just the i felt like that was the problem last time was here's the immediate 12 months but we're going to keep pushing everything back and back and yeah back, so. yeah so um excellent first choice um the one i think me and you both were we agreed upon was um star wars outlaws now yes this, on the xbox showcase it was a probably about a minute and a half cinematic type trailer but then there was a full like 10 minute gameplay trailer or gameplay demo in the Ubisoft event. So I just wanted to point this out to any of you guys that missed it, uh, just what it was about. And it says, uh, experience the first ever open world Star Wars game set between the events of The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Explore distinct planets across the galaxy, both iconic and new. Risk it all as K as Kay Vess, an emerging scoundrel seeking freedom and the means to start a new life along with her companion Nyx. Fight still and outwit your way through the galaxy's crime syndicates as you join the galaxy's most wanted. So, first off, I love the fact that it's you're not a Jedi, you're not a soldier. They're finally telling it from like the the rogues point of view, like the Han Solo type character. I hate the moment I'm like, but it's between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. So again, one more Star Wars game that's kind of pigeonholed into this Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker universe. Because all that tells me. Is that we're gonna see Jabba the Hutt. We're gonna see Darth Vader. There's gonna be mentions of the Skywalkers or something like that. Not necessarily a bad thing. Because look at the last Star Wars game we just got with Jedi Survivor. It works. I'm just tired of this 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 twenty year you know, these two decades of time. I don't I don't wanna see Vader or any Jedi or anything like that in here. I don't mind stormtroopers because those are fine. I I actually wouldn't even mind seeing the huts. I did write that down in here too. That um, what about Pizza the Hut? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that he put that they thought that this would be the better time because I think it's like after the Death Star blows up, the rebels are kind of falling back a little bit to kind of try to regroup and reattack, and the alliance or not the alliance, um, uh, the rebels, not rebels. Other, I can't think right now. The Empire, Empire. Thank you. Oh, I, I, <laughs> I could not remember the word Empire to save my life. The Empire's kind of trying to rebuild. Their stuff after this big loss, or not so much a loss, but like a big stumble for them. That the that really emphasizes now the crime syndicates are trying to grab all the power because they're kind of taking a step back while they're regrouping they're themselves. And now instead of we're gonna fight the rebels and fight the empire, they're or not we're gonna fight the rebels and we're gonna fight the syndicates. They kind of make these deals with the syndicates. Like you could do, they even show it like in the trailer. There's a empire officer there who like goes to take the money and like tries to get a bribe. And if you bribe her, they'll like leave you alone. Versus you just take it yourself and say fuck off. I'll find my own way. So I the way it was explained like that. As long as it is like that, I'm perfectly okay, okay with it. Okay, but why can't that be in any other part of the of the galaxy's history? Why can't you tell the same story but not make it between Empire and that? I mean, there, that there's is, been other empires. That is the thing, but I'm just like, you know what? The way you explained it, I'm fine. I'll take it off to see what it is, and we'll go from there. But yes, I, I get we preach this yeah. all the time. Like, give us something somewhere else, please. Something, something dark side. But it did look really good, especially when you saw the Ubisoft gameplay. Yeah, because I, I did like seeing the fact that she's when she was like running a motor. Uh, I don't want to call it a motorcycle, but she was running like a Land Cruiser. She was doing a couple different things. My biggest Hover issue, uh, it, it, uh, yeah, there's a name for it. I'm, I'm skipping on it. 
the biggest thing that I'm I'm curious about is okay, open world, sure. Um, go do planets and d- discover new things on these planets. Okay, so we're talking like like a Mass Effect meets kind of a maybe like a Dishonored or something. But it's like, isn't Starfield doing that? So one of you is gonna do it better than the other one, and now the other one's gonna be compared to that because isn't that the same context? Open world, go explore worlds, go travel to these different planets. So now it's like plus space combat and i don't know which one's gonna come out better one's obviously much more deep and intricate which is gonna be the star film but star wars is star wars so i don't know um i don't know did that cross your mind at all that they're, they're talking about kind of the same thing i didn't even think about it but they're spread enough so far apart because starfield's this year and this doesn't come out till like next year right? i don't know why i said this on i meant skyrim meets kind of mass effect is what i meant but um yeah i think this one oh, you were saying too that a lot of people were saying it looked rough but the concept was it didn't come out till next year, right? Yeah, so I, it's got plenty of time. So I'm like, okay, cool. Like, it looks good. I like to... Um, the, it seems like there's options that maybe not, might not affect, like, the whole role. But sort of like I was saying, when she doesn't bribe the officer and she goes to leave, like, the club or whatever they're in, it says wanted because she calls in the Imperial. So you're trying to get out of the town, and they're landing, and she's taking off. So you kind of dodge them but now you're having to fight them in the sky because she had called in that order i'm like no this actually seems pretty cool it's almost like a i don't want to say star wars like gta oh i do like that idea though <laughs> but that's kind of almost what it reminded me of a little bit without having that free roam of like i'm just going around killing everyone and doing whatever i want yeah because i know this game was announced back in 2021 so if it's coming out 2024 that seems enough time to to get its feet off the ground and get going up uh, I, I i do get to push back a lot of people saying it looked rough i'm not saying it looked perfect but I do think I, I saw, I saw enough of it where I'm like, dude, I, it's I'd play it now. It didn't look like Golem. <laughs> it didn't look like Golem. And I'll so. say, oh, I actually, you know, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to. Oh, no, you're fine. Out, I was gonna say I'm actually excited too because this is one of the big first things we're getting that's not from EA. Yeah, and uh, and that's gonna be next gen. It's on. It's gonna be PS5 and Xbox Series X, so it will be a full next gen console game. So I am excited about that. Yeah, and it's we are in that world now. Now the EA's thing of that 10 year hold that it had is done. That now. Multiple studios can start getting their hands on Star Wars. Let's see what they get to do on this one. So I'm looking forward to that. So um, what was your next game, Andrew? Uh, my next one is actually going to be from Atlas. Now, they had shown off like a little bit. And I actually think it's really good to show that Microsoft's working with these studios. They already, uh, Japanese studios, they've already had other Persona games coming. They had like a Persona 5 Tactics that they've announced. The Persona 3, I think it's like a remake. It's called Reloaded. Those are both coming to Game Pass day one. But they actually were able to show off what their new game is going to be from Atlas. And that's called Metaphor Refantasio. And it's like a fantasy drama. It almost looks like an anime version of Final Fantasy. And I thought it looked really good. I'm not really into Persona because it just... I, I Again, I haven't played it, but it's just kind of like based around like a school and you're going to school and classes and stuff. Whereas this is almost like the same artwork. It's exa- It looks exactly the same, but now you just have like dragons and all kinds of weird monsters and all kinds of things going on and kingdoms like fighting and stuff. And I'm like, man, this looks a lot cooler and this is what I'm wanting to play. Yeah, I was watching it. And it, well, I get, there, was a, there was a block there where they were doing a bunch of Japanese games like back to back to back. Was that one Was that the one that was all in Japanese? Like it wasn't even an English trailer, was it? Um, No, it wasn't an English trailer. It was like all Japanese. I was like, damn, this game's hard. I don't remember if this was in that block. I think it was a little bit later because I think this was almost like the second to last announcement, maybe. Yeah, I remember. I remember catching it. Um, I, I'd have to watch you play. I'd have to you tell me if it's good because that game looked like a little too much, <laughs> a little too much for me. But I mean, aesthetically though, it looked cool. I like what I saw. It's just gameplay wise, I'm not sure if that'd be the first one I would jump into. But I like that you like it. Hey, I'm gonna go for it. Nice. Um, 
The next game I wanted to talk about was uh, Clockwork Revolution. Releases in 2024 from Studio In Exile. Game Rant said, In Exile's new first-person shooter RPG hybrid, Clockwork Revolution has a rich pedigree of RPG mechanics to borrow from its developers' previous work. Now, this thing had huge Bioshock vibes for me. I was looking at this thing. I'm like, I almost thought it was like the next Bioshock Infinite or something like that. So you thought so too or no? No, I was going to say, well, I was thinking that, but Christina watched this with me and of course she's never played any of those. She's like, is this from the people who make Atomic Heart? Oh, no, that's exactly what I wrote down. I'm like, I think this is what Atomic Heart wanted to be because you could tell that th- that that style is inspired clearly by Bioshock and Bioshock from System Shock. But it's like, I, this is the game Atomic Heart wanted to be and clearly dropped the ball. Yeah, because I don't remember if she finished it, but I'm like, no, it's something like, I was like, it's something like it. I think it's more what it wanted to be and it's supposed to be better. Hopefully it'll be a little bit better, but I was like, I was like, I definitely think you should try it. She looks super interested in it. Yeah, the thing I love the most too that Bioshock does and kind of Atomic Heart did is they, they do these kind of alt histories. Alt, different things happen in the world. So, uh, Clockwork Revolution, and I'll just kind of give you a quick su- uh, summary of what it is. is a is a time bending steampunk first person RPG. I mean, what's your favorite uh, verb in the, or what's your favorite adjective in there? After stumbling across an incredible invention that allows you to travel into the past, you discover the city you call home. The vibrant, steam-powered metropolis of Avalon has been carefully crafted through the alteration of historical events. By traveling back to key moments, your interactions and choices will have a butterfly effect on the deep, narrative-driven world and characters of Avalon, causing them to change and react in unprecedented ways. So one of the things they were kind of showing off in the trailers, she'll go back and there's one statue of this of this war hero, and the other one, the statue's broken and crumbled, yeah. and it was never that person. So for me, that's like right up my alley. I, that's the kind of stuff I love playing, love seeing, and I'm curious if it is more, even though it's all history and you can do different things, is it still a linear path that causes this, like, if you and I play it and we do something, is it always going to be the same thing every gameplay, or are there going to be multiple moments that were like, oh, you did it this way, right. I did it this way, which Branching means cast. I never get B and you never got C or something like that. So I'm super curious on what more they're going to show this in the future, but right off the bat, everything I saw, I was like, um, I right, sign me up because I am. Yeah, man. that one did look really good. Nice. So that's what I have on that. And then what's your, you have one more, right? Yeah. So okay. my final one, they didn't show really much. Um, it's like a dragon eight. It's a sideways eight for infinite. Mm-hmm. Infinite wealth is what they're calling the new. Oh, hi, real, real quick. So I was looking up because I forgot the name of it. And I remember I was asking you, I was looking up infinite and it kept popping up and it didn't show me a thumbnail. I kept thinking it wasn't giving me the game. I thought it was like a code to get infinite money. So I kept going, I'm like, no, what's the game? And you're like, infinite wealth. I'm like, oh, that's the name of the game. Yeah, so it finally has a name, and that's just what it is in America and Japan. It's just called Like a Dragon 8. And again, that's from RGG Studio. It didn't really show too much. It showed Ichiban, who is the star of the first Like a Dragon for America, the last Yakuza. And he's almost, I, I don't know if he's in like Hawaii or something like that. He's somewhere that's clearly American, which you've never really been to anything like that in Japan. So either way, it was just, again, a cool thing for them to show off, a, a, you know, something with Sega. Because I feel like Yakuza was always big, but I feel like Yakuza's bigger now than ever, ever since Microsoft did that partnership, put all their games pretty much on the Game Pass. So you can go play them front to back on there. And now it's uh, this game is pretty much on the front and in everyone's mind. Like you can tell anyone knows what like or anyone knows what Yakuza is now. Yeah, um, I saw it. I know you're you're heavy into those games. So for me, I was like, you got a good week because they shut off that one and then they shut off the other one. I think on the sh- PlayStation one. I think yeah, the man with the man. So yeah, you had two big games and those are what like forty hour games. Um, if you're doing everything on them, they could even get upwards into like a hundred hours. But it, usually when you're doing the story for the um, 
for the fighting ones, like uh, the man with no name, that one's a fighting one, a brawler. That one will probably be like 20 hours for the main story. Whereas this one, it's like a standard RPG. I think the last one took me like 40 hours to do. But again, that's because it plays like a classic Final Fantasy where you have people do these roles and stuff. But it's just a lot funnier with the way they do it because your guy kind of thinks he's in a game but it's also modern so the way you like stun someone or you can get stunned to where you're blind is like there's a dude wearing like a trench coat and he'll flash you and he's naked you don't see anything because it's like blurred out or whatever but your guy's like that and then that's why your person's like stunned and said so it's just it's really funny and you have to play it or like usually in games there's like oil slick or something yeah. there's some like weird dude who's like sunbathing and he's covered in sunscreen and so when he hits you that's how you get like oily oh, that oil that. slick to where like your attacks miss it's just so funny and i definitely highly recommend getting out there and try them i'm pretty sure like a dragon which is yakuza 7 is on the game pass so if you want to you can definitely just jump in and start with that because that's the start of ichiban which is our new protagonist that's the start of his story going forward you can definitely play it and you'll maybe miss a few moments of older stuff that you, like maybe won't hit for you as hard but you're not gonna be lost you can just pick it up right there and go nice so that's kind of what i think where we're gonna end it as far as talking about the xbox showcase we'll talk about starfield here in a second but um i did want to point out this thing had a lot of things i think it was saying over 20 something games 21 are gonna be on game pass this thing was clearly showing that this thing is going to be loaded for the game pass the only I would say kind of maybe kind of hiccup was that a lot of the games were coming 2024. So, but that was kind of the I guess I idea, mind. right? We're halfway through the year. They're going, hey guys, this is all going to be coming up, and the game pass is going to be loaded up. So, yeah. I was say I do want to point something out to you because we actually didn't see any of these. Also, we have Starfield this year, and then maybe Avowed next year. So after that, how many for the next four, five, six years? They should have at least one major RPG coming out every year. Because then after that, you could have Fable, Outer Worlds 2, Skyrim. Especially with all the Skyrim, Elder Scrolls, then whatever the next Fallout is. So every year for the next four to five years, you're going to have a major RPG coming out of Microsoft. And I'm like, damn, that's pretty hype. Yeah, and these are some big Western RPGs too, which is uh, right up my alley as well. So let's move into... Um, the back half, which was a standing alone at 45 minute direct, which was Starfield. Um, as far as I know, they're, they're sticking with the day, September 6th of 2023, developed by Bethesda, announced originally at E3 in 2018. Now, I almost wasn't going to watch it, even though I knew we were going to have to talk about it, because I already saw what I had to see. I'm already in. I know you, you didn't like what you saw originally. You, you were kind of off the fence, but this thing completely... Change your mind. So let's, For just, sure. let's just start there. And, and what about it that completely... You were off the fence. Now you're 100% on. I just... Before, it just made it seem like everything was so empty. And like what you're doing is slow. But after seeing how the combat works and it felt... It, it seemed like it was a lot better. Yeah. A lot faster. Plus, there's all kinds of different options for how you want to play it through here. Especially as far as like silenced weapons if you're trying to skulk around. I think more for me too was just seeing the towns. Because that's always been the big thing mm -hmm. for me with... Fallout and Elder Scrolls isn't just exploring these random caves and this like world and whatever else may be out there. It's all the individual towns and the kind of people that the you NPCs, meet. Yeah, 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 and so that's really kind of what a lot of this focused on. And so that's when I was like, okay, cool, like I'm in now. Yeah, because it showed a bunch of different things. It, it went over, and I'll put this in there. I'm, again, it, it'd be a long thing if we try to break down it all, but it was showing off your quest that dove into the character creation, the skills, the shipbuilding, all the new companions, the space flight. And then um, they fighting, Howard and space them, fighting the space space flight and fighting. Uh, they showed off the new controller and headset. 
Uh, they showed off that kind of baller-looking watch. Dude, that, I was about to say, that watch was so sick. <laughs> yeah, that watch was pretty sick. Um, they went over the exploration, the outposts, and the combat. So my biggest thing that that I was watching, and I'm not not so much confused that, it's just, okay, well, what is this game? Is this game a foot-on-the-ground RPG Explorer? Or half of this thing was showing out flying mechanics. So is this a flying game? The other half is, okay, now is this a building sim where half of this thing you're building this game? I just don't want them, I know this game's been in the development, right, 25 years in the making, it's gonna be the next big thing. I just hope some of it's not lost, because it seems like all of them unto themselves could be its own game. The RPG could be the game, the flying could be a game, building ships for something could be its own thing, and I'm, I'm just curious if any of that's gonna get lost in the fluffle. Or are there going to be certain aspects that just maybe look Games like it's... frequently mentioned on the web <laughs> You know what? That's never happened the whole time we've done yes, it. Video game, hey, Google. Stop. <laughs> that scared, that scared me. <laughs> so you get what I'm saying? How I just think there's a lot in it. And is this going to be a game that you can beat as fast as Fallout 4? Or is this going to be a thing? Because clearly it's going to be much bigger than Skyrim. But Sky, Skyrim still has a finite map. Where this thing is just going to be... Is it going to be nine Skyrims? I don't know. I'm just... After seeing how much is in it, I was just kind of like, man, this game is not going to be something you beat in a week. I hope that this game is something that's like, you can do the campaign, you can do side quests, you can make it as short as you want it to be, or it could be one of those games that you make it as long as you well, want I'm to like how, how, it's for both how integral is the space flight? Like, am I going to need to be doing that to go salvaging ships? Do I have to build this? Because it's like, the hyperdrive and stuff, like, yeah. you gotta add that, you gotta have this for having more cargo on your ship. I'm like, okay, well... How integral is it? And if it isn't, then why is it in there? But if it is, then that's a whole other thing I'm going to be spending 20 hours on. Because I'm going to build a badass ship, but if I don't have to, then why is it in there? And I'm, I'm kind of curious of where that lands. No, I kind of feel you on that too, because I mean, that's always been the thing for me. Even like, uh, take it back to like on PlayStation 2 Kingdom Hearts, where you have to build the gummy ship to get yeah. from place to place. I just put the bare minimum one block on exactly. there. So I could go through whatever and I don't fight anything when I'm out in space. I'm like, dude, I just want to get from A to B. I don't really care too much for space fighting. That's not yeah, what I this one. It time. seems like you're going to need a med bay. You're going to need something to be growing plants and things like that. You know what I mean? Like, this ship's going to be. It seems you're home, or yeah. how often are you going to be on it? So I don't know, I just saw a lot, and I'm like, oh, you sat off and ride, partner. I do want to say that I saw after this, that after the Direct, I th and uh, take this number for whatever it is, that Xbox sales were up like a 1,000%, but, I mean, if they were at an all-time low, or however low they are now, I mean, that's not too much, but either way, that shows people were positive on this. But I think uh, Starfield ended up being like, the number one game on Steam that was like under pre-order right now after that direct. I'm like, good. Yeah, well, and the other thing is we saw, because I, I saw Gino, he's like, oh yeah, Starfield, I'm on board. I'm like, yeah, but didn't you see any of the other stuff that they put out? So he wasn't even aware that there was one, because they've showed, they've shown the thing in the past that showed the skills and showed the character customization, maybe not as deep, but I thought, I'm like, okay, we've already seen that part. I'm going to see more of the other stuff. How'd you like any of the other, is there anything else that you want to talk about that? Because I thought the, the Companions was a cool concept. But again, though, diving into the space flight, the ships, and then the quest, like, man, those are all three different things to me. But overall, it's good. Is there anything else you want to point out? Are we missing anything? I don't think so. I think it's it's something it would be too much for us to even go into. Like, you really just kind of have to go and watch it. If it's something you're interested or on the fence about, it's either going to turn you off or it's going to turn you on for it. Yeah, so I'm curious what you guys think of what you saw with Starfield. So uh, with that being said, guys, um, let's move into... Uh, our one question of the week this week. So, guys, if you want to submit questions Andrew and I can answer on the show, you can do so a couple of ways. You can email us at lastcallproductions at gmail.com. You guys can leave questions in the bottom of the YouTube in the comment section, or you can find me on social media at Craig Perales. And this question comes from Patrick Q, and they write, 
uh, besides the Xbox showcase, did anything else stand out to you? I didn't love the Ubisoft or Capcom events, but I like Jeff Keighley's summer event. And yeah, we kind of touched on this. The reason I wanted to make sure we added this question was because I we can't have this conversation, right? Even though it's kind of more on the Xbox showcase, without showing the big Final Fantasy VII Rebirth thing that they did on Jeff Keighley's uh, summer event, which unfortunately they said is now pushed to 2024, which I think you called. Oh, I want to say originally that I was like, there's no way you're going to get two Final Fantasy games any year. One's going to come out and the other one's going to be 2024. But they announced them both for one had a hard date. The other said winter 2023. And so I, on another episode, I was like, you know what? I'm wrong, you guys. You're getting two in a year, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But now that it's gotten pushed, I'm like, I'm right back in. Nice. So, and I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. This For sure. We've this, already yeah, had enough going there's on. There's so much coming out this year. We're finally back into the point where good games are coming out. But... The Final Fantasy Re- Rebirth trailer, I know, blew everyone's mind, especially when he did that kind of joke. Well, he did something where he's like, oh, yeah, in Final Fantasy, uh, and everyone's getting all jazzed up. He's like, no, no, if, you are, if you're on DoorDash, and he gave out a code, he still held the goods, and at the end, he showed this trailer. And the crazy thing is, is this thing is on two discs on the PS5. so Which is insane. So at this, cause what was Final Fantasy seven? Two discs or three discs? The original? Yeah, the original one. Three? So at this point, we have three. Four. No, it wasn't four. Three. Yeah, it was the two it's or three. three then. So, yeah, because Metal Gear was, was two. So, at this point, now we have three discs of an already three-disc game. So, I mean, what what more can they be doing that's taking up that much PS5 for them? Because, at this point, is it a remake or is this a new game? Number one, I think, is probably the closest to the remake, and maybe that's why it's called that, where Rebirth thus in the title, is like, okay, but now we're going to tell a new story with adding in other characters. That trailer left with a lot of questions. I'm like, man. It seems like Crisis Core is now going to be a big part of this, where it was kind of originally a spinoff from the original FF7, where now it seems like Crisis Core goes hand-in-hand with Final Fantasy VII Remake slash Rebirth. So, I don't know. What do you think about the trailer? Uh, the trailer's really good. Definitely have a lot of questions, especially, too, after watching it. And, again, I don't know anything that happens in the first one because I'm still holding out hope it comes to Xbox. Normally, I Wikipedia everything. I've stayed my hand. I already know the overall Final Fantasy VII story. So, I don't know what's new. And this, again, didn't spoil anything for me either because I'm just seeing the people that would be there normally during this time that I'm like, man, I don't know what the hell is going on. And when I was looking at people's comments, they're like, I played the last one and I don't even know what's going on. And I'm <laughs> like, good, I know that I'm not lost. But two days, I'm like, man, what is, I can't wait to see what size this is going to be for digital. I think I'm actually going to replay because, again, I mean, I, I played it once. I play generally the PS5 games on an easier mode because I, I achievement hunt on Xbox. So I like to play casual games on that. Did you do the I, DLC? Yeah, yeah, I beat the, the, I forget what it was called, the one with Yuffie in it. Inner, it was like intermediate Yeah, or they all got like weird that. fucking names. So yeah, I, I played that, and it wasn't, it's not that, it's pretty quick, but again, like that comment, after playing it, I'm like, wait, what the fuck just happened? What is this boss? So, since it is now coming out at the end of the year, or the beginning of next year, I think I will pick that up again and replay it, just because I don't think I could start that other one without having some kind of, kind of uh, recap on that, and uh, I'm pointing out recaps, I've been hating all the part two games that have been coming out that give you these recaps and it's they suck like they don't tell you anything so i doubt final fantasy 7 is going to be able to explain that to me so uh that was definitely anything else on the rebirth trailer no the other one that i know caught my eye um and i know yours for sure was the mortal the new mortal kombat I- one gameplay trailer that they showed um coming from netherrealm studios i believe august is the release date um it was a nice long trailer showing off all the, you know, the brutalities and the fatalities and then the new characters and really kind of showing off that that Liu Kang is now the god of fire and that this world, because I was kind of curious of why, who's friends with who now, because it seems a little different. And 
Ed Boon goes on there and he talks about how that this is a new world. So play, people that you thought were enemies once upon a time, he points out that like Scorpion and Sub-Zero are now brothers. I don't know if by blood or by clan, but he's like, everything you thought you knew will be flipped on its head. And to me, I'm like, that's how you do a reboot. Yeah, and this is actually going to be the second reboot because they rebooted the game when they did Mortal Kombat 9 and they did 1, 2, and 3 with that one. And it was done really, really good. I wish you would get a chance to go and play that when you can because that was done like amazing. That's still one of my favorite stories. It's so good. But yeah, seeing that, you brought them up. I think it's still going to be clan because one's yellow and one's still blue. So I think they're just going to maybe be like clan brothers or whatever. But even Katana's like trying to help Melina at one point. And it seems like Shang Tsung maybe is yeah, like she had a disease or something, and she's trying to cure her or something like that. Yeah, and that that was my big thing. It's like, well, how is she turning Tarkatan? Because that's <laughs> always been the thing. Is she's a clone of Katana that was created in the flesh pits by Shang Tsung, and Liu Kang wouldn't just openly let something like that happen. So it just seems like Ooh, an even that travels through something that he's trying to uh, trying to create the perfect peaceful world, like what he wants. And somehow there's just still some sort of evil that's just always finding its way. So either way, I'm really excited for it because that story, I just have no clue where it's going. So I'm just like, man, I'm fully on board. The characters look really, really good. Yeah. The gameplay looks good. They have, um, I forget what they call them now, but it's almost like an assist. So you have your main character and you could be doing something. So if I'm Scorpion, I'm fighting. And then I could bring in Sub-Zero for like a second. He'll do like a special move or a fatality or something. And then it goes back to Scorpion. So I was like, okay, that's something different. They're always trying something different with each game. Again, graphically, looks amazing. I think my one thing that I really hope for that I don't think they would do or they haven't said is that they bring back Kerry Tagawa. Now that's the dude who played Shang Tsung in the original Mortal Kombat movie. And they brought him back for Mortal Kombat 11 to do Shang Tsung. And then the entire DLC is focused on Shang Tsung, the uh, Mortal Kombat Aftermath. And he did such an amazing job. He's so good. Even when they show young Shang Tsung on there, like he voiced him perfectly. That I'm like, man, hopefully they bring him to do the voice back again. Because a lot of these characters do look like a little bit different. But if you have him voice it, I have 100%. Yeah, and if you pre order, I know he's a. Bonus characters, so we gotta make sure we do that. Yeah, I don't know if he's a bonus, is like an assist character, if he's a bonus, because some people are both. They're yeah, playable there's, character yeah, there's two and of, yeah, an assist two character. character picks. So either way, it looks insane. So either way, it's super hype. Yeah, and I know they were talking, they had things like um, Van Damme was gonna be, was he in it or was he a voice of somebody? I kind of forgot that part. I think he was gonna voice Johnny Cage, but I don't know if maybe that's just gonna be like a setting, because they show... Johnny Cage is kind of hazy on it. They showed Johnny Cage in the trailer, and it didn't sound like Jean Claude Van Damme, so I don't know. So um, I I think this releases in uh, was October. August is the the month I have down for them, unless that's changed. Oh, then maybe it's August. So um, that was a lot. And guys, there was a ton of other stuff. There was the Pragmata trailer. There was um, the new Avatar trailer. There was uh, the Prince of Persia stuff. There was the Hellblade Two Cinema Saga or Cinema. Saga. There was a ton of good stuff, but as far as what caught our eye, I want to say because for you, a lot of those weren't even on your map that you knew were coming. Right. As far as me, Star Wars is what I want to know more about. Fable is what I want to know about. So there was a ton more games. If we didn't talk about your favorite game, leave it in the comments down below. We'd love to have that conversation with you guys. But that is the end, guys, of episode 170. So join us next week, guys, for episode 171. And until next time, guys, my name is Craig Prowse. This is Manjumatame. Cheers. See ya.